Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. In an interview aired last night, President Biden shares his take on a wide range of issues, some of which are catching his own officials by surprise. Here's more on what he said. With just 50 days left before the midterms, the president, making news by suggesting he might or might not run again. Then it's much too early to make that kind of decision. My intention, as I said to begin with, is that I would run again, but it's just an intention. But is it a firm decision that I run again? That remains to be seen. Speaking to 60 Minutes in an interview aired Sunday night, Biden, who's turning 80 in November, insisted he's in a focused mental state. But his uncertainty about 2024 marks a shift from what others at the White House have been saying. The president has been very clear about this. He intends to run in 2024. The president has been very clear um, that uh, he intends to run again. During the wide-ranging interview, Biden also says this about the COVID-19 pandemic. The pandemic is over. We still have a problem with COVID. We're still doing a lot of work on it. Uh, it's But the pandemic is over. Politico reports that administration sources told them the comment was not planned and caught Biden's own health officials by surprise. Lawmakers are also chiming in, reacting differently. Progressive Democrat Representative Attica Scott says Biden doesn't get to, quote, just declare a global pandemic over. While Republican Representative Jim Jordan questions if the pandemic is over, why is Biden still using his emergency pandemic powers? On another front, the president again commits to defend Taiwan if China invades. But would U.S. forces defend the island? Yes, if in fact there was an unprecedented attack. So unlike Ukraine, to be clear, sir, U.S. forces, U.S. men and women, would defend Taiwan in the event of a Chinese invasion? Yes. China says it's already complained to the U.S. over Biden's remarks. Meanwhile, the White House, as it's done several times before, walked back Biden's remarks after the interview, insisting there's no change in policy. It's been several months since the president has sat down for a TV interview. The 60 Minutes interview has created quite a buzz as the president was asked some pointed questions. To assess some of his responses, we sat down with Florida Congresswoman Kat Kamek. Congresswoman Kat Kamek, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Happy to be back. Congresswoman, uh, President Biden made uh, some news in his interview with 60 Minutes last night. Uh, when he was asked about whether or not he was going to run for president, he sort of deflected but alluded to that he might. What's your takeaway? Well, I think, you know, historically, if you look at uh, this time of year, presidents are always getting asked, regardless of the Republican or Democrat, are they running again? And the answer is always, well, of course, yes. You know, the continuity for the party's message, for his administration, his agenda has to move forward. Um, but I think there's been so much pressure around his mental health, his cognitive state, um, the failure to execute an agenda. And I mean, heck, you walk outside down the sidewalk and you can't help but trip over one of his uh, crises that he himself has manufactured. So I know there's a lot of pressure for him not to run, um, but I think that he has to kind of bob and weave and duck around a little bit. Um, I, I think for Republicans, it would be wonderful if he ran again. 
One thing he did answer uh, directly was when asked about whether or not the United States would back Taiwan militarily. Uh, he said that he would. Um, he's been asked that question before, and each time he does answer it directly, but his administration backpedals. What should the U.S. policy be? You know, it's interesting because we have a longstanding commitment to Taiwan. Um, and you look at our presence in the region, we have a long-standing commitment to the region. And when you talk to our commanders, you look at the, the precarious situation that we find ourselves in in Taiwan, where nearly 90% of the world's semiconductors are manufactured, and of course, 80% of the world's trade is running through the Taiwan Straits and throughout the region. This is not just a, a Taiwan versus China. Uh, dynamic. This is a global security issue at this point. And so I think you look at the defense sales, you look at the work that we can do to support um, free trade and deepening our economic ties. You know, they are, they are, is a longstanding partnership that we have to maintain and we have a responsibility to do so. And I think China would love nothing more than for uh, the president to say that we won't stand with Taiwan, but we will. The president was also asked about whether or not uh, the pandemic was over, to which he said that it was. He commented on the fact that no masks were being worn in the facility they were at. Um, what does the pandemic being over translate to you? And a follow-up to that, if indeed it is, should the, 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 the mandates that the military and others are facing be uh, removed at this point? In, in the president's words of the pandem pandemic is over, well, then he needs to relinquish his emergency powers immediately. Um, that means that all of the mandates, all the requirements within the military and the federal service, they need to be uh, pulled back immediately. And I think that there should be retroactive, um, uh, a retroactive reckoning for those that lost their jobs because they refused, um, rightfully so, to, to take the vaccine um, for, for personal reasons, health reasons, religious reasons. Also for those in the military that have been kicked out. Um, who have served our country well and with distinction. They, they should be um, given an opportunity to come back into federal service. And then, of course, all the retroactive benefits need to be there as well. So if the pandemic is over, we need to actually act like it. And the federal government needs to get back to normal operating order. And I would love nothing more than to see the Capitol in fully functioning order as well. It's, it's interesting. We've seen out of this administration uh, this, this notion of it's do as I say, not do as I do. And when you look across uh, the span of the speeches and the work that, that uh, Biden has done, he's still wearing a mask. He is still uh, uh, operating the administration um, as though there is a pandemic with people working from home, uh, people refusing to come back in. Um, so he needs to walk the walk, not just talk the talk. Carswin Kakamek, thank you. Thank you. Virginia released new guidelines on transgender student policies last week. The new guidelines say that public schools cannot affirm a student's gender without parents' written requests. Also, bathrooms and locker rooms have to be used based on a student's sex at birth. Student sports have to be sex-based as well, unless federal laws require otherwise. The new guidelines will take effect after the state superintendent approves the final version. The previous guidelines, which were enacted under Democratic Governor Ralph Northam in March of 2021, define transgender as a student's self-identifying term. 
The new guidelines on transgender policies in Virginia will enter into a 30-day public comment period later this month. Now here to discuss the new policy, we have Victoria Manning, a school board member in the city of Virginia Beach. Victoria Manning, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Lance. Victoria, uh, Governor Glenn Youngkin is rewriting the rule to its original form uh, that students in schools must use the bathroom based on the gender that they were assigned at birth. Uh, what has been the reaction to this? You know, I think parents have been wanting this in Virginia. We saw what happened last November when um, the governor won over the issue of education and parental rights. So I think parents are very thankful that Governor Youngkin's administration has made this decision. So I guess my question is when or how did this rule change to allow students to even enter a bathroom based on how they choose to identify? So in 2021, the state legislature passed a policy allowing the Department of Education to make model policies for transgender students. So those model policies were then given to local school boards who were told they had to implement them. And one of the things in those model policies stated that any child who identified as any sex could go into the bathroom of their choice without being questioned by any staff member. So you could be a boy one day and you could be a girl the next day and choose what bathroom you would enter. There was a well-known video that went viral out of context, sadly, uh, of a Virginia father being wrestled down to the ground at a school board meeting. Uh, the backstory to this was that the father's, uh, his, his daughter, was actually sexually assaulted by a man identified identifying as a woman in a, in a girl's bathroom. Yeah, so Scott Smith uh, has been through so much and I'm thankful for him for standing up and fighting for all parents. I'm sure it was so difficult for him to deal with what he went through and what his daughter went through. And I'm so thankful for the governor for standing up for all children so that this doesn't happen again. Is this an isolated incident or have there been other cases? I'm not aware of any other cases in Virginia Beach. However, one thing that I am concerned about is that teachers in our district were being told that they had to keep things from parents. If a child wanted to be called by a different name or a pronoun, a teacher told me that she received an email from a school counselor saying that she was to keep that information from the parents, which is a violation of our state constitution. And will there be any consequences on the district level if they don't comply with uh, the new changes? I have not been made aware of whether or not there would be any consequences. I just got my first look at these policies just a few days ago and haven't had a chance to speak with our legal counsel. Um, other states throughout the country to follow suit? Well, I hope so. Um, and, you know, we have we do have some states like Florida who have dug in their heels to stand side by side and shoulder to shoulder with parents. And I'm glad to see that our state, Virginia, is now following suit and so thankful for Governor Yunkin and his leadership on this issue. Where does this issue go from here? What other things are you uh, facing and fighting in, in the state of Virginia? So we still have very far left extremist school boards here in our state. So we have an election coming up this November where we can change some of that. So I'm working really hard. Um, to try to take back control of our Virginia Beach School Board this November. One thing that our local school board just passed a few days ago is a resolution that states that parents are equal partners with the school district. 
Now that's scary. I never want to be an equal partner with a government entity. Our Virginia Constitution states that parents have the right to make the decisions on the upbringing and education of their children. And for the school districts to create these resolutions and statements that they are equal partners is just very horrific. So we still have an uphill battle here. We have a Department of Education that stands with parents, but we have many local school boards who don't. So people have to pay attention this November and uh, pay attention to who's on the ballot and uh, make sure that you elect people who are gonna stand shoulder to shoulder with parents. Victoria Manning, thank you so much. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon.